0: So when I came to the Arkansas, I was in those paintings that I used to paint in Iran. So it didn't make sense for me to continue painting trees and landscapes that time. I switched to painting from my memory from home, which is, again, something that I cannot reach now because of the political things happening, because of the travel ban or those kind of things so now my painting is like abstract painting about my memory from home
1: welcome to the studio break podcast i'm your host david linaway for today's 224th episode i'm excited to be joined by ziba Rajebi, who spoke with me from arkansas and is a recent graduate of the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. Zebo was selected as one of our 2019 Studio Break student competition winners in the MFA category by our juror last year, Erica B. Hess of I Like Your Work podcast. Ziba is an Iranian artist who explores a variety of abstraction and painting as well as installation. We talk about how she is largely influenced by her memories of her homeland in Tehran, the neighborhoods that she grew up in, Persian gardens, architecture, and all the influences that are slowly kind of slipping away from her as she is no longer able to return to Iran without being forced to stay there. So again, there is a interesting relationship between these two spaces, Tehran and Arkansas. And we talk about that in the podcast coming up. Make sure to check out her work at ZebaRajabi.com and also on Instagram at rejebi. I would note to any interested undergraduate or graduate artists, our 2020 competition is now open. Our juror this year is Tim Kowalzik, who is a Trump Loy ceramic artist. Also at Tim Ceramics on Instagram if you want to see some of his work or timceramics.com. The competition is open to all currently enrolled or recently graduated MFA, MA, or BFA, BA students in the visual arts. So if you want to find out more information, head to studiobreak.com and look under the student competition page. The application process is as simple as can be. You submit a small PayPal donation, a link to your website and or Instagram account, and you are all set. So check out studiobreak.com under the student competition page for more information. If you're here in Studio Break for the first time, I want to remind you, Studio Break is a podcast and blog site. We feature a variety of different artists, and they are all featured on StudioBreak.com. You can see there are a plethora of interviews that are archived up there each With images, the artist's artwork, links to their websites, and the interviews that you can listen right on studiobreak.com. Or just click that link and subscribe in a variety of formats. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. So you can always do that to stay up to date. And also be sure to like us and follow us. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram at studio underscore break, and on Twitter at studiobreak. And with those announcements out of the way, here is our interview with Ziba Rajebi. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break, Ziba Rajabi. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time.
0: Uh, Thank you so much, David, for inviting me uh, to this podcast.
1: Well, again, I'm really looking forward to finding out a bit about your background. Again, it's interesting because you're currently in Arkansas, is that correct?
0: Yeah. So I'm an Iranian artist, Mm -hmm. currently uh, based in Arkansas. I came from Iran 3 years ago on uh, 2017 to attend a graduate school like MFA program in University of Arkansas and I just I graduated in December 2019 and I'm still here I just rented a studio here and I got a adjunct position and yeah that's what I'm doing so
1: far interesting interesting and it'll be I noticed looking too through your your background and experience you have a number of degrees um, including I think graphic design as well as a BFA and MFA so you kind of have a, a wealth of maybe knowledge and experience I'm always curious too where that starts so what was that like coming up and being interested in the arts
0: so in my family I think I was the only one who pursue art as uh, a professional career. Hmm. So it starts when I was a kid, like most of the people. Ever since I remember, I always wanted to make things with my hand or paint any kind of surface that I see around myself. I can remember that I was a kid. It was summer. I was in my grandparents' house. I was staying with them for like maybe a couple of days or weeks. And I remember that I painted all day a gardening pot that time, so it started from uh, that time. but when for sure, I learned that I want to be artist was in high school. so in Iran, you can either choose uh, science majors for your high school, like stem majors, or uh, you can switch to art and go to some high school specifically for uh, art so i went to the art high school and that was where i uh, started learning art like professionally and uh, deciding to continue my future as an artist
1: was that experience you know in terms of studying like at a arts high school was it just solely for i guess fine art or were there you know graphic design elements or video again there's so many different types of art programs uh, You know, that that varies. So I'm especially curious what kind of resources or tools you were kind of drawn into. Obviously, we talked a little bit about painting on, you know, anything that's around you. So I'm assuming that kind of carried over, too.
0: So actually, um, in the art high school, there was different uh, majors as well, like architecture, like graphic design, painting, craft, those kind of things. So I went to high school for graphic design. I studied graphic design there for two years, actually. Some of the uh, courses uh, were uh, in common, like between different majors, like uh, principles of 2D design or uh, principles of 3D design or these kind of things. But uh, some other courses were very specific for uh, your major. Like uh, for graphic design, we needed to study typography but who wants to study architecture uh, didn't have to study typography as well so it was like how the course structure was like that time. Were there
1: other kind of interests that you had outside of the arts or or things that you know drew your attention in in terms of being creative or just things that you, I don't know, have as an interesting background anecdote, I guess. I don't know.
0: I think I was very curious about everything and I wanted to experiment new things and especially make things. I think in some point in my life, I was thinking I could be a web developer as well, because in that case, I also create something new and I also make something which, which can be very uh, creative. But I think when I was younger, art was the only thing that I thought I can satisfy what I want. So that was why I uh, chose art and I continued that.
1: What was the process like to kind of start, you know, studying, uh, you know, in terms of like a, an undergraduate kind of degree in arts?
0: So before going to school for undergraduate a degree, I actually... I went to another college before that for two years to study uh, graphic design. So I think it's equivalent in American degrees is an associate degree, something like that. I did uh, graphic design and I started working as a graphic designer in the same time. And I've been working as like graphic designer for eight years. But at some point, I saw that it's not what I really want to do. So it was not as creative that I wanted. It's pretty creative, no doubt. But it was not in a way that I wanted. Because at some point in that time, I found myself sitting in the library looking at art books with uh, pictures of paintings and reading art history, even if it was not in my courses, even if I was not supposed to uh, pass uh, like any classes or stuff like that, I was reading a lot of art history. So that time I saw that I don't want to um, be a graphic designer for whole my life. I want to be a painter. Because
1: <laughs> so. I can imagine you... You know, working behind a, a you know a computer or something like that, and then just kind of you know, ima- I'm trying to imagine what the work that you wanted to make looked like, or what you you know were doing peripheral to that.
0: So I think uh, the whole time that I was in graphic design study graphic design pro- program, which it was around like four years, I really didn't uh, paint anything. I would do a lot of drawings. I quit the school like uh, the graphic design program. After two years, and I applied again for another school uh, for painting. In the first semester in that school, I started actually making paintings. So it was like the whole new world again for me. Sure. I, I was not a kid anymore. And I didn't have really any experience in painting. And I started painting when I was in school.
1: I'm curious now, especially since you're you're an adjunct in your teaching and, you know, you're in Fayetteville. I'm curious what the differences are. Are they pretty uh, similar in terms of like starting out with still life and and kind of moving towards other avenues and interests of painting? What kind of uh, curriculum did they have?
0: It was a pretty like open uh, syllabus. Mm -hmm. And every professor would teach any course in a way that they wanted. But yeah, it was pretty similar. We started with life and then with figure drawing, like those kind of things. In the first two semesters, actually, you have a principle of 2D designs and the next semester you have color theory. So the second semester is when you actually start touching color. Interesting so it, it's it's pretty uh, similar, but not exactly what it is
1: here. Sure, sure. I would imagine just based on the work that i that I see now that you know kind of getting into using color and working through color theory was probably something that you were pretty influenced by. it seems like.
0: Yeah, totally. I think uh, one of my best classes uh, that I ever had was my color theory class, and our professor uh, taught it like very differently. Like, I haven't seen any kind of assignments like that before. For example, he wanted us to choose a painting, like a classical painting, a copy that painting only using blue colors with white. And the next time, only painting another uh, classical painting with red, uh, the family of uh, red colors and white. So that was pretty different and i really like that
1: so like setting up almost like problems to to solve in terms of limitations and things like that
0: yeah and and learning how different colors are like how we have different blues different reds and it it started with primary colors and then uh, complementary colors and then in the last assignment we could use all the colors which was really scary (laughs) but yeah
1: Well, I'm assuming, too, that there is, you know, like continued classes and and studying. So I'm assuming that you took a lot of painting classes and other classes as well.
0: Yeah, I I think I'm a really uh, 2D person. I took a lot of uh, painting classes and drawing classes and art history classes. I had to take uh, 3D design classes like intro to sculpture. It was a part of the curriculum that I had to take. But I just went to that that class to pass it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, again, there's a wide range of uh, artists that, you know, will intermingle with different materials or different approaches. And then some that are kind of just like, nope, I don't, not into that or, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. so, <laughs> something like that. I'm curious too, like what kind of influences in terms of art were you kind of drawn to in, in terms of like looking at, at different artists and anything that might have Influenced you historically even?
0: So it's actually a, a very wild arrangement. E- so my painting when I was in Iran was uh, actually landscapes inspired by German romanticism and also Persian traditional paintings and also uh, its color a palette was inspired by pop art and animations like very early Disney animation. So it was a very wide range and I think I uh, took a part from different parts of the art history and different parts of the war.
1: Was there a- some type of like graduating exhibition that you would have to do? Or again, where you just kind of left to kind of, you know, develop your own curriculum and courses and, you know, you just graduated?
0: No, I, we had to have a uh, exhibition with a certain amount of works. Like if you are working large scale, you have to have like 10 to 12 works. If you are working in a small scale, you have to have uh, like more works. So, yeah, I had a, I had an exhibition and it was, I guess, like nine works. I really cannot remember the number, but it was something between eight to ten works, yeah.
1: But was that, was that something that, that that show kind of had like a particular point of view in terms of like what you were exploring or, you know, in terms of your thesis, I guess?
0: I started with exploring space, like space in it, both a physical uh, definition and its uh, abstract definition. My first painting started with actually painting like space, like astronomical uh, definition of space. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it was based on uh, NASA uh, pictures that came out those uh, years. And then I uh, found myself that I'm drawn into something that is not reachable very easy, like space. And that time, I was living in a city, like um, like I had a um, urban life. So it's been like twenty nine years that I was living in city. I was really, really traveled to nature or something like that. And I think me painting landscapes was desire of being there. Something that I don't have access to it every day,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which was as uh, far as the space as it's like astronomical uh, distance to me. So that was what inspired me to paint landscapes. And they were all imaginary uh, landscapes and they were not from like... Anything that I have seen or based on pictures, not not based on these things, just imaginary pictures.
1: You graduate with this with this body of work. Did you have plans in terms of what you're going to do afterwards? Obviously, as we kind of move forward, I'm especially curious how, you know, you came to, to pursue your MFA, you know, in, in Arkansas. But did you kind of graduate from that experience and, and do something else for a bit of time or what happened after that?
0: Two months before I started my program in Surrey University uh, is where I had my uh, painting undergrad there. Uh, I was working as a graphic designer, as like full-time graphic designer. And all my uh, time in undergrad, I was a graphic designer. So right after the graduation, I had my first uh, group show in a gallery in Tehran, and I really wanted to work more and have like solo shows and uh, being represented by a gallery. But it didn't happen. In the same time, I was uh, working as a graphic designer for my day job. And I was working on my paintings uh, during weekend or like after work. I had a couple of uh, group shows. I couldn't get any uh, solo exhibitions. And after two years, I was like, I need to do something because... It's not what I wanted to do. So I applied for MFA in Tehran. I got into one of the uh, universities. But as soon as I started my program here, I really didn't like that school. I really, really didn't like. And I stayed there for like uh, two semesters. And I barely went to the classes or attend there. I think it was in the middle of the second semester that I um, applied for the University of Arkansas. Because I was like, I need to learn more. And it's they are not, at least in that school, they are not adding anything more to what I've been uh, reading and seeing uh, in these years. So maybe there is something more in different parts of the world that I can go there and learn. So... That's why I applied for a university in state.
1: It's such a weird process to think about applying to graduate school because, you know, for m- myself, I would kind of visit all these different schools online and kind of get an idea. And then, you know, when you go there, it's like such a different kind of experience. So was there something in particular that, that kind of stood out to you in terms of Arkansas where you're like, oh, this would be, you know, a totally different environment or...
0: That's actually a funny story. Mm. My friend, like one of uh, my friends from undergrad, came to the University of Arkansas two years before school, and she let me know about the program. I did a little bit of research, and it actually sounded good to me. Uh, They have really good uh, facilities here, right, Uh, in terms of um, full funding, a lot of project grants, travel grants. They give you uh, like huge studio spaces. And that was what I wanted that time because I've been working as a graphic designer for eight years, like full time. (laughs) And I've never had enough time to paint or uh, I didn't have studio space for myself. So that was something that I really wanted to have that time. And it was like, what's better than being paid and having a studio and time to paint? So let's do that.
1: Well, I think, again, any anything where you're probably also being forced, not I shouldn't say forced, not like graphic design is something where you're forced to do something. But, you know, you have so many limitations and restrictions. So to kind of pursue something where you can, you know, really own, you know, whatever it is that you want to explore seems like such a, you know, obvious uh, draw, you know, something that's going to, you know, become a priority. So.
0: Yeah, that's true because I I can remember uh, one sentence that my boss told me in like the first two weeks that I uh, was there. I, I designed something that I thought is a really nice design and it really works for that context. And she came and said, you should move this and change this color and like change the composition in a way that I say. And it was like, I think it's a really good design for this context, so let's uh, keep this. And she was like, I pay you, so you should do whatever I say. Right. (laughs) And, yeah, and I uh, talked a little bit, and I was like, yeah, that's true. She's paying me, (laughs) and I'm here for the payment now, so let's do what she wants. And it's true. It was true, like, in the whole... The graphic design a career that I had so they are paying you to do whatever they like.
1: And so I'm curious did you visit first or did you just make the commitment you know when you found out that you got in?
0: Actually the process of getting visa for Iranian people, especially in, when Trump is in the office is really hard. Sure. So when I applied for the graphic for the MFA in Arkansas, uh, Trump was not in the office. Otherwise, I may uh, really reconsider coming to the States. But when I got admitted and I went to the U.S. Um, embassy in Dubai, Trump was in the office. So it was not easy that you come and visit and go back and because they don't give you a visa to com- to just come and visit. Right. And the first time, actually, I got rejected. <laughs> and I had to... Uh, like go to the embassy again and the second time I got the resign and came. Yeah, I have not visited states before and I just came directly to the Arkansas to attend the
1: program. Well, and having kind of like a, you know, personal friend or somebody that you know really well, you know, that's kind of like a nice recommendation as well. And as you were saying, I mean, I think that's having opportunities to teach or, you know, to have uh, grant opportunities or funding opportunities seems like such a draw for You know, there's so many art programs that have varying funding and, you know, opportunities. So um, it seems like a a win-win of a situation.
0: So it was not that at first they told me, hey, uh, we we give you like the full fund. First they were like, "Uh, yeah, we can uh, fund you like, uh, we can waive the tuition and fund you like half. And it was like, okay, let me reconsider Uh, And actually, I I was thinking with myself, not telling them, I was like, if they don't give me a full fund, I really cannot go there. And they were like, and after like two weeks, I think they could find more uh, resources. And they were like, hey, now we can give you full fund. I was like, yeah, that's okay. (laughs) And then after two weeks, I got another email and was like, we got more resources and now we can give you a fellowship. And that time it was like, I think I really should go to this uh, university. It sounds good. Sure, sure. Yeah, and I think it was uh, a good decision coming to here because there is a lot of supports from the school, like a lot of support. Uh, we have a really good faculty here, like young faculty, like very energetic and uh, and a really high expectations from the students that uh, make them guru.
1: So what was that? Uh, again, I'm, I'm especially curious, you know, you talked about living in the cities for, you know, a pretty big chunk of time, I guess, even in just terms of the landscape, I'm just curious, like how different of an ex- experience or environment, you know, Arkansas is by point of comparison.
0: Yeah. So that's actually a really, really good question. So I came here in January 2017. Uh, I experienced a little bit of winter and I experienced spring as the first whole uh, season that I could. And in the first spring here, I was really, really happy. Mm-hmm. Because I have not seen uh, that many white flowers, that many green color uh, before around me. And I was living there like... I could see a huge tree with a lot of flowers from my window. That I've never seen that before, but it was really nice. I really liked that. And I, in my first semester, I painted like a lot of landscapes with trees and uh, flowers and those kind of things. But. As I mentioned, like in the beginning of the beginning of our talk today, I used to paint something that it's not easily reachable for me. I cannot reach it easily, or it's not achievable. So when I came to the Arkansas, I was in those paintings that I used to paint in Iran. So it didn't make sense for me to continue painting trees and landscapes that time. I switched to painting from my memory from home which is again something that I cannot reach now because of the political things happening because of the travel ban or those kind of things. So now my painting is like abstract painting about my memory from
1: home. That first chunk of time is usually really important in graduate school because they you know really try to challenge you to think about your work in different ways so it seems like that's something that is also like a distance challenge too in terms of trying to work from memory or thinking about things that are distant. I mean was that just like a feel like a normal struggle for you or something that you just embraced or
0: I know it was not normal. I <laughs> think in my yeah in my first three semesters I used to say the same thing and my faculty would uh, ask the same questions. And then in my third semester, I was like, it's not working because uh, they really don't know what I'm talking about. And what they are asking or talking is about the topic that I talk about. So that time I used to talk about Persian gardens and how what I paint is related to Persian garden. And none of my faculty really knew what Persian garden is. So in my uh, third semester, before Final Critic, I uh, created a uh, PowerPoint a presentation about Persian gardens, and then I emailed it to the, all the faculties that uh, were supposed to come to my Final Critic. I was like, please watch this and ask me if you have any questions so we can talk about something else in my mm. uh, critique, which actually helps because... When they came, they started asking questions, which was about my work. And that uh, semester was really important for me. I really started uh, thinking a lot about these memory connections with the imagery that I'm curating, and that formed uh, my next semester and what I'm doing now.
1: Well, I'm I'm curious, too, especially to think about maybe the processes that you kind of – when we think about something like memory that can kind of be – you now, somewhat loaded because everybody's memories are different. We're not sure how you're kind of accessing or processing or working through. So, I mean, was this something where you're kind of, you know, writing down, you know, observations or memories and then, you know, like sketching or drawing things out to kind of inform a painting or what's the, what's the process, I guess, involved in, in distilling a memory?
0: That's a good question. I usually do a lot of drawings. I work from my memory now is not just solid imagery because now I can not see how my memory from home is fading away. And what I see is like very blurry and vague pictures, but it includes other senses, like smell of some specific spices that we might have in home or a flower that we had in home or like the sense of touch. I started to operate in different senses in my work with abstract imagery, which was exactly what I could sense that time. And also my audiences could also get the same imagery. So it was not like, I draw something that has a very um, strong, maybe cultural presentation, but they couldn't get it because it was very cultural. But when it's uh, abstract and it's, it's just colors and forms and smells and like tactile things, you can get the same abstract feelings that I can get. Like uh, what, for example, what? Most of the people can get from seeing the color of blue, like in comparison with what they can get from seeing the color of red, is almost the same in different parts of the world. It might be different in some points, but it's not as it's not as different as like showing image of specific products that I used to use when I was a kid to like American people that they have never had that when they were kids does it
1: make sense Mm -hmm. yeah i think that makes sense and again something that's not like really distilled from necessarily trying to translate something that's very very specific but kind of almost like a feeling which is something that i would imagine too that kind of leads to some of the material exploration in terms of some of your work because obviously there's there's you know some and by the way your drawings are just amazing Thank you but but especially kind of seeing you know some of the you know the painting works is kind of loaded with looks like a lot of materials exploration. Maybe talk a little bit about that kind of exploration of, of different materials and how that you know is something that you utilize in your work. It's hard to tell if that was something that you were always you know doing maybe in graduate school or if that's something that kind of slowly started to find its way into the paintings.
0: It again started from that point that I started how what I'm creating is related to my memory, but in the same time, it can have a, a collective representation as well. So the exploration of material started in that time. I was looking for something that can convey specific feelings um, that I want to evoke Almost the same feelings in the audiences as well. So I explored ceramic as a part of my work, explored different fabric. I explored like, typography. Yeah, it started from that way, and I uh, did for that. And I ended up using fabric as the base of my work, like not on the stretcher bar, fabric as the surface of the painting, And it actually started when I was working on my um, thesis. It actually started when I had a studio visit with Carrie Moyer. And she said, have you read High Times, Hard Times? It's about New York painting in um, 1967 until like 1975. So in that book, they talk about uh, how painting has changed due to Uh, The happen like social uh, political happenings in the New York that time, and it was actually what was happening for me. So those artists there experiencing change and changing their painting as a response. I was here in the middle of the change, and I could not treat my painting in a way that I used to treat it before. So. Um I started making painting in different ways.
1: You know, you talked earlier about the influence of that, you know, color theory class. I'm I'm curious, especially, you know, how you think about color in your work and, and explore it. I guess maybe I'm throwing in another question here too. But are you kind of working on drawings as well as paintings? You know, to to kind of have like a couple of bodies of work going? Are you more focused on just painting and then you know, figuring out how you're going to work the color relationships in in those.
0: So actually, my um, small drawings are a a really important part of my uh, process. It's not like my big big paintings are the most important part of the work. My uh, drawings are also really important for me uh, because they are not only studies, they are like very challenging works for me. And when they are finished, they are very solid, finished paintings.
1: Does it allow you, too, to kind of like work through some ideas? Again, the painting work seems to be much larger in scale, you know, or it's breaking like the the format of the canvas. It seems like a much bigger endeavor than, you know, some of these drawings, which are, I think, a bit smaller.
0: My drawings are usually very small, something around like six to seven, seven inches. But I paint as big as I can. For example, uh, my last studio was uh, pretty big uh, and I could create a painting 10 by 12 feet there. I think maybe because what uh, paintings are supposed to do are different with what drawings are supposed to do. Because my paintings are supposed to interact with the space and kind of embrace the viewers. uh, But my drawings are doing something,
1: yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think obviously with the scale of your works too, the larger ones, you know, to kind of think about... You know, imparting some type of familiarity or memory or something that's going to have a much more, I guess, physical almost presence to kind of affect somebody that's going to look at it is something that, you know, might be something that's a a thought in there.
0: It's a question that I heard a lot and I thought about a lot. As I said before, since my relationship with space has changed, my relationship with the painting also has changed. And I wanted painting to be something that can uh, intervene uh, with the normal space. Like I wanted it to not be hung only on the wall. I wanted it to interact with floor, with the ceiling, and be cautious about its space uh, surrounding.
1: But are, are there other are pieces that kind of really stick out that maybe we could talk about a little bit just to, um, you know, to dive into these a little bit further? Like there's one called Bleeding to Space that seems like it's pretty prominent.
0: Bleeding into Space is one of my pieces that explores physical and psychological spaces. For example, a physical space is represented by those weaving uh, threads hanging in top of the painting. Those paintings of the nets were supposed to represent the illusion of a space because it's 2D you cannot touch it it's very uh, simple idea and it was about my experience of two different spaces in the same time like by physical space I mean space that I'm standing in now and I can feel it with touching like a room that I'm here like Arkansas and by psychological space or illusion, illusional space, I meant home, that I'm not there. And I have just an illusion of the space of the home now. And this one was supposed to uh, represent that. Also, it such a floor Mm -hmm. as a part of the painting. And that's why it's called the bleeding into space because it wants to break the rectangle of the painting and bleed to the um, space surrounding. Well,
1: and we've talked a little bit about the editing process, you know, but I'm curious, especially like for the, the part that's meant to be essentially like this uh, psychological space. Again, that that's kind of something that's maybe, you know, layered or kind of worked through. How how does that process work in terms of, I guess, time? Like, for example, are you painting on this, you know, for months at a time? Maybe break down the process even a little further.
0: Uh, I usually work on a couple of paintings in the same time because they are actually interconnected. For example, I work on the floor and I usually put two or three or sometimes four layers on canvas on top of each other and paint on them. And by paint, I mean I usually stain them, like make a bucket mixture of paint, uh, medium and water, and just like pour it on the canvas. So what happens is that the next layers underneath of the first layer of the canvas would capture the residue the extra pigment and water of uh, the first layer and by that they actually document the process they capture the time and they create a tiny history of the first painting it's uh, one step of the process and it's how these paintings are uh, connected in the first place and then it's about the time. There are specific, like, effects I should say, in my paintings, especially uh, with the color. So it's actually a result of a time. For example, I paint one layer, and I have to wait at least a day for that layer to be completely dry. When I uh, apply the next layer, uh, pigments would fit on the last layer, they won't get mixed together. And that's how this um, illusion of space, it actually happens in my painting. If I would like paint multiple layers in the same day when it's uh, where they would uh, mix together and create one, uh, one flat layer, But with letting them uh, dry uh, through the days, they actually can create different layers and they can create um, space there.
1: In terms of the paint too, are you mostly then just using acrylic?
0: I mostly use uh, water-soluble colors, like acrylic ink sometimes.
1: We were just describing bleeding to space. I'm curious about another piece. And, you know, something that we maybe haven't talked about, again, as much as maybe just the physical process of this, but it's a Misordered Story, which seems like, again, a much, much larger piece. But maybe talk a little about that, how what it's comprised of. and
0: That painting was actually the last one that I made for my show. It took something around four months, like every day working eight hours in the studio. And in uh, last two weeks, I had to hire someone to help me with that mm-hmm. painting because it was huge and my show was very close and I couldn't finish it. So it has all those layering things which took around a month for itself. But also it's performing in space in different ways. So this painting represents the body of the artist in the real world. As the painting is performing in the space and reacting to the gravity, for Mm -hmm. example, by saying I mean how artist is tolerating some kind of pressures from society or from political forces and body is usually reacting to those pressures. So this painting is also existing in space and uh, reacting to some uh, pressure from the gravity so how that painting performs itself is actually out of my control as an artist as the creator it's uh, performing by itself and it's actually different it is different in different places because of like the height because of the like different gravity as well.
1: It's interesting. And obviously it looks like there's lots and lots and lots of, you know, pieces that are, I guess it looks like kind of sewn together loosely or.
0: So the process of this painting was really interesting because it was a whole a painting first. Mm-hmm. This is called misordered story because I uh, wanted to show how my story and identity sometimes is. Um, misunderstood in the new space so first I created a whole story as a unit body of painting and in details uh, I don't know if you can see them a detailed image or not mm-hmm. in detail you can see a written um, text so those hand, uh, written pieces are actually in Persian calligraphy in Persian handwriting and they are poetry pieces like very old poetry pieces that we are still using, like something from like 700 years ago. And then um, when I finished painting that painting, I cut that into pieces. By that, I actually cut my story into pieces and then I changed the order. So now everything is confused and even me as artist or as a creator cannot say what there was before or I cannot really rearrange it and decipher the story again. And that is going to represent my experience as an international artist in a new environment and how my story, my understandings of things, my identity my culture everything is in a chaos now and it's sometimes misunderstood or misrepresented or those kind of things
1: no absolutely yeah and and again something that kind of builds these pieces to be kind of unique but then maybe seen you know all together something that kind of really kind of adds other levels of depth to seeing it all together are there other pieces that maybe kind of stand out to you that you want to talk about
0: so um Not specific piece because um, uh, these pieces are in the same series and they are kind of uh, connected together. But I want to talk about uh, the importance of fabric a little bit Mm -hmm. and why I work with fabric. As soon as I came here, I would not feel that I'm like I'm not going to stay here permanently. And I Saw so everything very like temporary, and I was ready to change or ready to move. It was like some kind of personal um, emotions about replacement, and so I chose a fabric to represent a mobility, and how you can even fold and put like a very large piece of painting in a suitcase and travel with it or move it with yourself so mobility and feeling not permanent was a part of the fabric choice
1: here i would imagine too that you know as you continue making work after this this is something that you can kind of explore in in different ways too have you been you know trying to combine different processes or kind of experiment since then in, in terms of incorporating different materials or what does it look like since you you know had this exhibition i guess
0: actually after that exhibition i i started kind of digesting those works and see what part was potential enough to uh, work on that and continue and what parts needs more edits or uh, maybe don't need to work on that more. So now I focus more on fabric and paper, which I was away from for a long time. And I'm uh, trying to see if there is any way that I can combine my uh, painting on the paper with my painting on the fabric and in the same time keep the surface interesting because it's very easy to create uh, just an interesting image, but not with an interesting surface. And I think uh, now what I'm doing is exploring a surface of the painting. In the same time, since I really enjoy the performance of the painting, like how painting can perform, I'm going to work more on that now and see how can i incorporate different kind of performance both in the process of the painting and mark making and in the presentation of the painting so i think that's what i'm doing now
1: well and there's also some kind of what feel more like sculptural kind of pieces almost or maybe installation pieces where they're kind of like You know, small looks like smaller works, like one that was attached as untitled and variable in size. It kind of looks more of almost like a smaller kind of like sculpture slash installation piece that would just be kind of hanging. So it seems like maybe that's something that is also kind of still you know being pushed.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, You are talking about that uh, weaving piece, I guess. Yep. Yeah. So that was uh, actually another way of exploring alternative mark making by weaving and uh, using the element of line but in with like different means also like the performance that I talked about yeah that was uh, one of the things that I I'm still working on that but not like a literal uh, weaving but maybe a little bit more uh, distance from the weaving process and just using the idea of weaving Rather than using like the physical presentation of uh, weaving if it makes
1: sense yeah, i I think that one of the things that just strikes me so much is is your color, you know just because there's so many kind of like a lot of intensive kind of colors, but then they're kind of also balanced out with like a big range of of muted colors, and you know, like you were talking about the the surface in your works again, there's just so much layering and depth and richness of color that I think seems like you know maybe you you're never going to run out of stuff to to work through
0: <laughs> so yeah about color i've been asked a lot about like uh, what uh, those colors means that i use and i've been thinking about that a lot and it has like different uh, representations. the first time that i started using this uh, palette of color was based on the um, early Uh, Walt Disney animations in like 1950s those times like uh, before 50s actually but then it evolved actually I was uh, looking at some pictures uh, when I was working on that very large piece uh, Misordered Story uh, last year and I suddenly I saw a strong connection between one of the one of my favorite um, ancient architectures in Iran, and that paintings. Like by that I mean uh, the tile design of that architecture. Like was uh, exactly the color palette that I was uh, using without like uh, really being uh, conscious about that specific building and uh, yeah i think uh, most of it comes from uh, my memory of a persian traditional design both persian paintings and persian architectures which now totally uh, makes sense for me because I, I come from a tehran which is almost in the center of tehran and it's a very dry and arid like uh, weather so and seeing it desert is something very uh, common in my travels and just imagine you are like driving through the through a desert and then you would see a blue building shining so you get close and you see a lot of details with like very bright pink very bright green and yellow and red and those kind of things I think my color palette comes from that experience of space, like Iranian traditional design in the space.
1: No, that's super interesting, and oddly enough, you know, like again, I don't know if this will sound odd, but like when I started looking at your work, I started thinking about the way that I'll see a warm sunlight through my eyelids. Um, And associate that with like memory or the way that you'll stare at something that's really colorful and almost see like that after image of like a, you know, that kind of glowing kind of color, Mm -hmm. which is just kind of interesting because I think that for me, again, that idea of memory and, you know, how that plays into your work. It's something that I think about as something that I experience in, in that kind of way. And I just, again, I thought that was kind of interesting that your work made me, you know, think about that, you know, that way that I kind of observe things that are really colorful or you know, moments for myself, which is something that, you know, you're, you want the viewer to be able to kind of interpret or be moved by your work. That's great. I try. (laughs) Uh,
0: Now, yeah, I'm really happy hearing this uh, reaction to those words, because it's in line with what I want to, uh, So that's
1: great. Yeah, we were talking earlier about, you know, the strangeness of the times that we live in. You know, you had a number of exhibitions and residencies planned that have been kind of maybe hopefully, you know, just shifted to a different spot. But tell us some of the things that are going on um, in your future. And obviously, we can talk about where to find your work and where to follow you.
0: I have a a two-person exhibition in Bentonville, Arkansas which were supposed to be open from April to July, but now it's postponed maybe in a few weeks or months. uh, It gets open. Other than that, I have a piece uh, in Art Fields. That one is also postponed, but it's going to be open sometimes. Art Fields is an art event in uh, Salt Lake City in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully it can be open as soon as um, everything is safe. Best way to find me and my work, I think, is my Instagram and my website. Especially in these days, I try to finish a work every day and put it on Instagram. And I usually uh, record a video of my process because I think now people need more content on social media too be a little bit entertained with that.
1: Could you list those specifically too? So your Instagram and your website.
0: My Instagram address is actually my name and my last name, Zibarajabi, which is Z-I-B-A-R-A-J-A-B-I. And my website is also my name and my last name.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Well, again, it's been so interesting uh, talking to you. Like I said, I feel like we scratched the surface, but I really am glad that you were able to participate and you know, really can't wait to share your work on Studio Break.
0: Thank you so much, David. That was a really interesting conversation and I really enjoyed, especially in this time. But yeah, thank you so much for having me.
1: Thanks once again to Ziba for joining me. You can check out more of her work at ZibaRajabi.com and also be sure to follow her on Instagram. You can see there's tons of work there, drawings, painting, installations, all sorts of good stuff at Rajebi. so follow her on Instagram. Just a note again that our 2020 competition is now open. Our juror this year is Tim Kowalzik, a trompe ceramic artist. You can see his work at Tim Ceramics dot com and of course follow him and see his work on Instagram at Tim Ceramics. He'll be selecting five artists from each of the categories. Again, that's undergraduate and graduate for a total of ten. So that's open to all 2D and 3D artists, anybody that's currently enrolled in a visual arts program or recently graduated. So if you unfortunately aren't showing your work because you don't have an exhibition space, we're upping it to five this year to help uh, share your work. So if you're interested in applying, it's quite simple. You go to studibreak.com, look under the student competition page. Again, you'll see that it just takes a small donation and an email with your website and or your Instagram account for review so be sure and check that out and of course if you know anybody that should apply or want to help spread the word we would super appreciate it if you're here on studio break for the first time visit studiobreak.com and check out some of the archived episodes again each of our posts have images of the artist artwork and links to their websites you can of course listen right on studio break as you're clicking through images or you can hit that subscribe button and go to apple Podcasts or spotify or google play to check out more episodes and of course, if you want to stay up to date with Studio Break, be sure and give us a like on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at Studio underscore Break, and of course on Twitter at Studio Break. If you enjoyed the podcast too, please give us a shout out or help spread the word. Again, there's a lot of artists trying to figure out what to listen to when they're in the studio. You could help them out and earn some karma points, so we appreciate it. I'd like to thank Skylar Mail, who provides the music to Studio Break. You can check out his work at SkylarMail.net if you want to see some of my paintings, Go to davidlinaway.com or find me on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter at David I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. We'll talk to you real soon.